Let's pray together. Father, today we thank you for who you are. God, we stand here amazed. Amazed that you love us so much that you gave your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. That he was buried, that he rose again. And so today we, we stand here and we sing those words, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. God, we are overwhelmed by your love. We're overwhelmed by your presence. We're overwhelmed by your strength and your power. God, we're overwhelmed by your love. I pray that today when we open your word, I pray that we would see that love shining through the words that we share. God, we live in a world where everything is trying to pull us away from truth and pull us away from you. And so God, I pray that we would be reminded today of how important it is to run to you, not from you. To live for you, not for the world. And God, if there's someone watching, someone listening today that, Lord, they don't know you as their Lord and Savior, they've never made that decision before, they've never come to that realization, God, that you love them, that, that Christ died for them, that he was buried, that he rose again for them, and by believing in him, they find salvation. Father, I pray that today, you would reveal that truth to them and they would make that decision to come to you. And God, for that, we give you the praise in advance of the work that you are about to do. God, we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today we're going to walk into a kind of a whirlwind, if you will, two-week series where we're going to walk through 12 books of the Bible in two weeks. Uh, we're going to be here till about four o'clock, and so, no, I'm just kidding. We are going to walk through the minor prophets, uh, 12 books that, that round out the Old Testament. We've been walking through God's Word this year. We started in January and, and going all the way through. We're, we're coming to that moment where we're walking out of the Old Testament, walking into the New Testament, and, and the picture that that brings, the, the life that that gives, the hope that that gives is awesome. But oftentimes, while reading God's Word, sometimes we get into these 12 books, and we just kind of like gloss over them. We kind of forget about them. That we kind of kind of skim through, skate through, and and kind of just get to the other side, so we can get to the you know get to the good stuff. You know, get to Matthew, get to you know the the arrival of the Messiah, the arrival of Christ. But but understand that in the midst of these twelve books, these minor prophets, man, there's some great truths that we need to understand. But not only some great truths, some great parallels to where we are today. Like, so what they were facing back then, we're facing right now. What they were experiencing in that moment, we're experiencing in this one. And so we can't, like, jump over these books. We've got to dig in, spend some time walking through. Now, the good thing is this, is that these 12 books kind of all kind of center around a, a central theme. And so for these two weeks, that's kind of what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how that, that God calls us to be holy and that he punishes our sin, but that he also restores and renews us. And man, what great hope that brings. That yes, we blow it. Yes, he calls us to live a better life. He calls us to do something different than what we've done before. But in the midst of all that, knowing that our sin has consequence, that God is the great rewarder. He's the great restorer. He's the great renewer. He's the one that brings us through in victory. And so you see like the good news that's coming here? 
You see the, the understanding that we have to have. Now, before we jump into the, uh, the passage today that we're going to spend some time in, I want to put this timeline on the wall here so you can kind of get a picture of what we're looking at as far as these 12 minor prophets that we're going to be walking through in these two weeks. And you can see here this timeline that runs from about 900 B.C. all the way to about 500 B.C. after the Babylonian captivity. We talked about last week when we talked about Daniel. And you can see that, that with this, this picture that we have here, this timeline here, uh, you can see how and when the different prophets, when they lived, when they taught, when they spoke, you know, the major prophets here, you've got Elijah and Elisha, you've got Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, you've got the, you know, you've got the big ones, you've got the one, Ezekiel, you've got the big ones that we, we all kind of know about, we walk through, we talk about, then you've got the minor ones. And you can see kind of where they were and where they lived and where they, they, they spoke from during this time in the life of Israel and the life of Judah. And so you see, you know, back around the time of Elijah and Elisha, you've got Obadiah and Joel. And about 800 B.C., you've got Jonah. In 770 or 760, you've got Amos. And then you've got in 720, 730, you've got Micah and Hosea. You move on forward into the, to the late, you know, the, the early 700s, the late 700s, I guess the right way to say it, uh, 600s and so there. You've got, you know, Zephaniah and Nahum. You've got Habakkuk and Jeremiah wrote Lamentations in there. And then you get after the captivity, you walk into Zechariah and Haggai and then, and then the last one there, Malachi, before we go into that, that, that quiet period of 400 years before we move into the New Testament. So this is a picture of kind of oh, like this, this journey of the prophets of where God God was speaking. And the reason that this timeline is important is because it shows that as we've walked through the book of First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, that the prophets were there all along the way to point people to one great truth, and that's this, is we must seek God, that we've got to follow God. And so while all of these have great messages, all of these have great truths that are things that we need to understand, today we're going to kind of hone in on one kind of specific message that was given by one specific prophet that kind of gives us a picture of what all the prophets said in different ways and in varying ways. But we're going to talk about Amos. And I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Amos chapter 5. Amos is a, is a sheep herder. He lived in a, in a city called Tekoa, out in the, uh, the, the outskirts of Jerusalem and Bethlehem, about 12, 13 miles away from Jerusalem. He, he lived out past Bethlehem, looking down over the, the Dead Sea, living in the mountains, living in a place that was kind of away from all the hubbub of Israel, all the excitement, all the success, all of the, the, you know, the, the leaders and all of the money and all of the power and all of the status. He lived away from all of that. He lived out in the, in the wilderness. He lived out and kind of had his own little plot of land out there. He's got his own sheep there. He's making a living. He's, you know, he's doing, doing well. He's getting by. He's making, all, you know, making ends meet. I mean, things are good for the life of Amos. But yet in the middle of all of that, God speaks something to him and says, I want you to go and share this message. Now, Amos could have ignored him. Amos could have, you know, kind of stepped back and said, listen, I'm not going to go over to Bethel. I'm not going to go to the leaders. I'm not going to go to the, the king. And I'm not going to go in that area. I'm just going to stay here where I am because, like, things are good. I'm comfortable here. Life is good. And, man, I don't want to get into all that mess. I don't want to deal with all that trouble. I don't want to face all that opposition. I don't want to do that stuff. I want to kind of hang out over here where I am happy. I think a lot of us do that same thing, don't we? 
A lot of us say that exact same thing when God calls us to do something. I was walking this morning down the hall in the LCA building. I walked over and spent some time with a steadfast Bible class. And, and uh, as I was walking down the hall on the side of the wall, there was this sign that was on the wall. And, and it says this, here I am, send me. A great message that comes from one of the prophets that we just talked about, Isaiah. Here I am, send me. And it was kind of interesting that as I was walking by that sign, I looked up and noticed it that there was a lady there who is part of our team here at the church and, and serves in our facilities and, and helps to keep things clean around here, helps to keep things looking good, uh, not only on Sundays but throughout the week. And she was there working this morning as I walked by, and she stopped me and she said, listen, I want you to know I'm leaving. I'm leaving here on Friday, and usually when people tell us, like, okay, what did I do wrong? Like, what, what did I? And she said, no, 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 I just want you to know, I'm leaving on Friday. My husband and I, were moving to Zanesville, Ohio, because we're, God's called us to plant a church there. And it was right underneath the sign that said, here I am, send me. Listen, there are so many places in life where we are comfortable, where we are happy, where things are good, and yet God begins to tug, and God begins to pull, and God begins to speak. And here's the thing, again, the message of the prophets, seek God, run after God, follow after Him, because if not, it leads to a really rough place. And basically, in a non-theological, non-doctrinal, non-you know, kind of uh, intellectual way, that's the theme of all the minor, minor prophets. Of all the prophets that we're going to talk about over these next two weeks, all 12 prophets, here basically is the, the non-intellectual theme of the entire, listen, is don't follow God and you're going to mess up big time. That's the theme, right? That's what these messages tell us. And so in the book of Amos, there was a, a passage that we pulled out of Amos chapter 5 that kind of, you know, kind of sums that up, kind of gives us that, that great, great picture. Now again, Amos, sheep herder, this is about in 770 B.C., you know, the king up of the northern kingdom of Israel is, is King Jeroboam II, and, and down in, in the southern kingdom in Judah is, is King Uzziah. And, and during this time, you know, we talked about it back in 1st, 2nd Kings, 1st, 2nd Chronicles, like, like everybody did that which was what? Right in their own eyes. In other words, things are good, things are comfortable, and this is a picture of Israel like all the way through the Old Testament. Like, you know, things are good, they forget God, things are bad, they run back to God, right? Things are good, they forget God, things are bad, they run back to God. Things are good, they forget God, things are bad, they run back to God. That's also the picture of our lives too. And so that's why it's so important that we recognize that the prophets were speaking during those times, but it's also important is that in those 12 books that we're going to talk about, God has a message for us because we're no different. When we're comfortable and things are good, guess what we do? We forget God. When things are bad, when things are tough, we run back to God. And then it gets good again, and guess what we do? We forget God. So today, kind of the picture, the message that God spoke through the prophet Amos to tell all of the people of Israel, to tell us, is this. Hey, like, don't go there. Seek God, and God will give you life. Let's read Amos chapter 5. Beginning with verse 1. It says this, Listen to this message that I am singing to you, a lament, house of Israel. She has fallen. Virgin Israel will never rise again. She lies abandoned on her land with no one to raise her up. For the Lord God says, The city that marches out a thousand strong will have only a hundred left. And the one that marches out a hundred strong will have only ten left in the house of Israel. Verse 4, For the Lord says in the house of Israel, Seek me and live. 
Do not seek Bethel or go to Gilgal or journey to Beersheba, for Gilgal will certainly go into exile and Bethel will come to nothing. Seek the Lord and live or he will spread like fire throughout the house of Joseph and it will consume everything with no one at Bethel to extinguish. Now here's the picture. The message is this, is, you know, Amos is a, a sheep herder, minding his own business. God gives a message, says, hey, go, go and speak to the people of Israel. Go to the northern kingdom, go to Bethel and let them know they are messing up and they need to turn things around. The same message is true throughout all of the other nine minor prophets that we're going to talk about today. The same message, the same mission, the same job that God gave to them. Tell Israel, you are messing up and it's time to turn around. And so Amos goes up and hear this message he gives. Now the first message he gives is an interesting one. If you go back into, you know, chapter one and the, and the first, uh, the second verse, it says this, and the Lord roars. That's kind of a great little picture there, isn't it? The Lord roars. In other words, he is yelling at us, screaming at us, pleading with us, telling us we've got to change. You go into the rest of chapter 1, into chapter 2, and Daniel, I mean, Amos gives this message of, of an indictment against all the people around Israel. Now, probably, when Amos begins to teach and speak to all the people of Israel and say, listen, all of these lands around us, all of these people around us, God's going to judge them for what they've done to us. Man, he probably got an applause. Man, they were probably standing on their feet and clapping their hands and yes, they're going to get it. They're going to get what they deserve. They've been mean to us. They've not treated us right. Man, this is awesome. Thank you, Amos, for coming up here and telling us what God had to say. The problem is this, is Amos didn't stop there. You see, Amos started with an indictment against others, but then he turned the indictment right into the face of Israel. He said, listen, and, and you, God's going to judge you. You're going to pay for what you're doing. You're going to pay for the life that you're living. You're going to pay for the way that you're walking. And so we kind of get some thoughts here, some statements here that, that Amos was trying to, you know, convey to the people of Israel. And by the way, God conveying to us in a time like this as well. And the first idea that we kind of walk away with is this, is God is calling all of us to listen to Him. God wants us to listen to Him. Look what this passage in Amos chapter 5 verse 1, it starts with. And it says these words, it says, listen to this message that I am singing for you. Listen to this message that God has given. That's why it's so important to be in God's Word. This is not like a, a thing that we do, a perfunctory act that we do just because we're followers of Christ that we should read God's Word. Like, hey, we're punching a box, we're, you know, clicking the little checkbox here, we're, you know, we're getting through the reading here today. Yeah, this is important, this is great, we're going to do it, we feel good about ourselves, yeah, yay team. That is not why we read God's Word. We read God's Word because He has called us to listen to Him. And the way that we listen to God is through His Word. Now, we live in a culture today, in a world today, where there are a lot of religious leaders who call themselves prophets. And they will get up and say, you know, God told me to tell you this, and God told me to tell you that. And you hear all these messages going all the way back to the days when, you know, when the modern day prophets, you know, announced of, of when Christ was going to return. And I remember back, there was one back in 1976, I was, or 74, I think, where Christ was going to return. And then there was one in 75, and then there was one in 76. Newsflash. It's 2021, and he ain't come back yet. There are lots of modern-day prophets that we hear, that we listen to, and the problem is, is that any time that we are listening and hearing the words of man, we are hearing the words of man. Did you catch that? 
You're here today, you're listening to me. And you're probably sitting, well, man, he's talking, you know, he's up there, he's a man, he's, should I not listen to him? Hey, if I was up here simply telling you what I wanted to tell you, here's what I want you to know. It's no better than what anybody else in this room could get up here and tell you. I'm a human just like you. I mess up all the time. I blow it just like you do. I am a sinner. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. I am a sinner who has fallen short of the glory of God, period. But when you hold God's Word in your hand and you proclaim the truth that is in God's Word, when you hold forth the Word of life, here's what's different about that. When you share the Word of God, it's His Word not ours. That's what we have to lean on. That's why we're called to listen. We're called to listen to the message that God has to give to us. And that's why Amos went, and that's why he spoke, and that's why he shared, because God said, people, you got to listen. You got to hear what I have to say. You're messing up. You're blowing it. You need to hear the Word of God. Why? Because the second thing we learn from this passage is this, is that God always punishes our sins. There is great consequence to our sin. There's always great consequence to every action, every sin that we commit. Look what it says in this passage, verse 2. She, talking about Israel, she has fallen. Virgin Israel will never rise again. She lies abandoned on her land with no one to raise her up. Now listen, you hear that message. Remember now, they just heard the indictments against all the other nations around them. They're like, yeah, this is awesome. This is cool. This is good. Man, they're going to, well, let's let's go watch them burn. And then Amos turns it back to them and says, oh, you in Israel? Yeah, you're going to fall. You're going to lie on the desert floor and there's not going to be anyone that can raise you up. Things don't look so good anymore, does it? Like, like, things aren't looking good here. Things aren't going well. This is not a good message. Like, I don't want to hear what Amos has to say when he's talking about me. And that's kind of the picture of what we have, too. You see, when I said a moment ago that God has called all of us to listen, that's where we mess up the most because we don't listen, we don't hear, we don't want to hear what God has to say because we're comfortable. Things are good, but the message you've got to understand, the reason we have to listen to God is that there are consequences to our actions. There are consequences in our sin. There are consequences to the things that we do. And Amos made that declaration, the prophetic message that God gave to him. Listen, when you are sinning, when you are running from God, when you are walking away from God, when you're living the way that the world lives, here's what you must always understand, is that you will not experience God's best. When you turn your eyes away from God and turn your eyes towards the world, it always leads to death. But when you turn your eyes away from the world and you turn your eyes towards God, it always leads to life period. We've got to focus. That's the message that Amos is giving. That's the message that all of the minor prophets are giving. Guys, you have blown it. You are not listening. You're not hearing. You're not understanding. Follow after God. We've got to recognize there's always consequences to our sin. Man, we don't get that because we get into this, this mode in our lives, in our journeys where, man, we, you know, we're all sinners, right? You understand it, right? We're all sinners. Every one of us are sinners, and we blow it. And what happens is we get into this kind of this, this, this routine, this kind of rote thing we're going through life where we just keep on going, and we, you know, have sin that kind of enters in once, and, you know, we might feel bad about it, but then we do it again, and we're like, nah, that's, that's, that's probably not a good thing. And then we do it again, it's like, well, you know, it's not that bad. And then we do it again, and we don't see the consequence. Because here's the thing, while there's always consequences to our sin, the consequence always doesn't happen right then. It doesn't always happen in the moment, but consequences always come. 
Now, here's what happens when the consequence doesn't always come like right away. We get used to sin. We get comfortable with sin. We get kind of immune to sin. We get desensitized to sin. And we just keep living in sin and we just keep walking and walking and walking. We have forgotten that there's consequences to our sin. That's why we've got to listen to God. That's why you've got to dig into God's Word and read it every single day because when you're listening to God, here's what He constantly reminds us. Listen, we must live holy. We've got to turn from our wicked ways. We've got to turn our hearts to Him because that's where our hope is found. Now, understand, yes, we've got to listen to God. Yes, we we understand clearly there are always consequences to our sin. There's always consequences to our actions. But here's the cool thing. And the third thing that we learn from this passage is this, there's always hope. I love that. It doesn't matter how bad you get, there's always hope. It doesn't matter how far down the road you've gotten, there's always hope. Remember he just said, Israel has fallen like she's down, and she's down for the count. No one can raise her up. But listen to what he says immediately following that statement. Now listen now, Israel has fallen. No one can raise her up. She's blown it. She's done. It's over. And by the way, that prophetic message was true because the northern kingdom did cease to exist not long after this. But, but now remember now, here it is. Israel has fallen. There is no hope. Next verse. Look at verse 4. For the Lord says to the house of Israel, seek me and live. Wait a minute. That's kind of a, a whiplash moment, isn't it? Israel has fallen. Israel is done. Israel is over. No one can raise her up. Oh, and the Lord says this, seek him and live. You see, the message we see here, the message we understand here, the idea that Amos is giving to us in this prophetic message that comes from God is this, listen, hey, always seek God and you will always live. I love that. Seek him and live. Seek him and live. Seek God and live. In the midst of a world where everything is sin leads to death, God says, seek me and live. When you're running down the wrong path and you just see the destruction that falls at every path and everything that you do, seek God and live. Turn, seek God, live, repent, seek God, live. Life is always found in seeking God. And so that's the message that Amos gives to us here. That's the idea that, that he wants us to understand. And so we get this picture, like, so we got to listen that's good. We've got to listen to God's Word because that's where we find what He wants us to hear. And then we've got to make sure that we understand that we have to listen to Him because there are always consequences when we don't. There's always consequences when we don't live the right, we, right way. But, but the cool thing is that we know that, that there's always hope, like that God always gives us hope. And man, it was seek God and live. That's a great message. I love that. But here's the fourth thing we've got to understand. Yes, we've got to seek God and live. But listen, listen. We have to obey. You see, here's where we want to be. We want to understand and know, man, we just walk with God, live for God, call ourselves a Christian, go to church, and man, we're going to have life. We're going to have life more abundant. Man, we're going to, you know, we're going to understand God's going to give to us more than we could ever ask or think. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that great? That's what God wants us to have. That's what He wants us to do. Yes, man, we know that if a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Oh, but Christ has come that we might have life overflowing. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. But here's the problem. To experience that life, there has to be obedience. There has to be obedience. In fact, He goes on to say, again, verse 6, Seek the Lord and live. You got it? Seek the Lord and live. We love that part, right? But do me a favor, if you've got your Bible with you or if you've got your app open with your Bible, you ought to underline, circle, um, highlight, 
on your Bible, I mean on your app, you know, highlight it, whatever. There's one word in this verse that I want you to highlight that's, that's probably the most important word of this verse, okay? Now, I just read the first part, seek the Lord and live. That sounds like pretty important, doesn't it? Does that sound important? Raise, you know, nod your head. Does that sound important? Yeah. That's not the most important statement that's found in this verse. So, here's what I want you to do. A highlight, underline, circle, whatever you want to do. Seek the Lord and live. Here's the word I want you to underline, highlight, or circle. The word or. The word or, because that's where all the difference comes in. That's where it makes all the difference. This, that, that's where this, the, everything in this verse hinges on, it pivots on, it turns on that one word, or. Seek the Lord and live. Walk with God and live. Obey His commandments and live. Run after Him and live. Follow Him in everything that you do and live. Worship Him in the way that you live and worship Him in the way that you act and live. Or He will spread like fire throughout the house of Joseph. And it will consume everything with no one at Bethel to extinguish it. So right here we get this message again. Amos says, listen, there's hope. (laughs) Man, seek the Lord and live. Obey Him. Walk in His principles. Walk in His ideals. Walk in His commandments. Like live for God. Walk with God. Run to God. Seek God. Run after God. Go all in for God. Yes, yes, yes. Or, Or the destruction will come that will consume everything and destroy everything in its path. Why? Because there's always consequences to our sin. You see the message that's found here? Yes, we got to listen. We got to listen because there are consequences to our sin and our actions. Yes, we got to listen because the consequences are actions to our sin, uh, of our actions and our sin. But there's always hope, and that's awesome, that's great, but, but we have to obey, right? We have to do that, and that's the message that the minor prophets that we so often gloss right over, because that's not a message for us, and yet it is. Because we live today in the exact same time, in the exact same culture, in the exact same status, in the exact same situations, and the exact same sin that they lived in 2,800 years ago when Amos gave this word. The prophetic message of 2,800 years ago could have been said 28 minutes ago, and it would have been just as real and just as accurate and just as significant. Seek the Lord and live, or. I'm afraid that most of Christianity today is living more in the or than they are in the seeking. And man, what a tragic indictment that is. Now listen to what the other minor prophets have to say, because the message stays the same. We go back to Hosea chapter 5. It says this, I will depart, God speaking, and return to my place until they recognize their guilt and seek my face, and they will search for me in their distress. Joel chapter 2 verse 12, even now this is the Lord's declaration. Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Tear your hearts, not just your clothes, and return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, for He... Uh, relents from sending disaster. Obadiah chapter 1, your arrogant heart has deceived you, you who live in clefts of the rock in your home on the heights who say to yourself, who can bring me down to the ground? Though you seem to soar like an eagle and make your nest among the stars, even from there I will bring you down. This is the Lord's declaration. Jonah chapter 3, God saw their actions, that they had turned from their evil ways, so God relented from their disaster that He had threatened them with, and He did not do it. Micah chapter 6, mankind, He has told each of 
you what is good and what it is the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with our God. Nahum chapter 3 verse 4, because of the continual prostitution of the prostitute, the attractive mistress of sorcery who treats nations and clans like merchandise by her prostitution and sorcery, I am against you. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 12, are you not from eternity, Lord my God, my Holy One, you will not die. Lord, you appointed them to execute judgment, my rock. You destined them to punish us. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil, and you cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Zephaniah chapter 3, the Lord has removed your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The King of Israel, the Lord, is among you. You need to no longer fear harm. The message stays the same through all of the minor prophets, one after other, one after the other, one by one. The message is this, seek God and live or seek God and live or it's time that the church of Jesus Christ stops living in the or and starts living in the seeking because that's where life is found Let's pray. Father, today, thank you for the prophetic message you give to us through your word. God, we stand here today knowing that we're all sinners, knowing that we've all blown it, knowing that we've messed up time and time and time again. And yet here you are once again giving us the promise and the hope that you will always be there for us to deliver if we obey. God, help us to obey. God, help us to seek you and live. With our heads bowed and with our eyes closed, in a moment we're going to stand and sing. Our altar is going to be open. Our team is going to be gathered here. And, and as they are, the message that is the same yesterday and today and forever is this. God loves you. And he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And he was buried and he rose again for you. And that all you got to do is believe that Jesus died and that he rose again for you and you will be saved. Don't take my word for it. I'm just a man, a sinner who's fallen short of the glory of God. Take God's word for it. Romans 3, we're all sinners. Romans 6, we deserve death. Romans 10, but anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you're here today and you've not ever come to that moment where you've trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you're watching right now or listening somewhere and you're, you've never come to that moment where you said, yeah, I believe that Jesus is God's son, that he died and that he rose again for me. I need him in my life. Today's the day. Just call on him. In a moment, we're going to stand. We're going to sing. The altar's going to be open. I encourage you to come down and talk with one of our team members to meet Christ. Maybe you want to come down here and kneel here and just say, God, I want to seek you and live. Maybe you want to pray for a family member. Maybe families want to come and pray together. Maybe today you want to come and come for baptism or maybe you want to join this family, this church to, to continue to band our arms together, to sing holy, 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 and then go out and share with the gospel with the world. Whatever it is God is speaking to you, let's stand and let's sing. The altar's open, but listen, listen to God, seek him and live. Let's stand and sing today. Christ is my reward all of my devotion Now there's nothing in this world that could ever satisfy Through every trial 
today we stand here with hearts that are repentant, God, because we know we've blown it, we know we've messed up, we know we've sinned. God, I pray that you would turn our hearts towards you. God, that you would help us to recognize what it means to live for you, to walk with you, to listen to you, to seek you. God, we want to be that people. We don't want to be the people who live in the second part of that verse. We don't want to be the, the people who are running from you because we're comfortable ignoring you because things are good. God, we want to be a people who understand who you are and what you've done, and we want to seek after you and listen to you and run to you. Be used by you, God, because time is short, and we know that seeking you leads to life. Seeking the world leads to death. God, we want to seek you. Help us to do it today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The altar remains open. If God is telling you, speaking to you to come down, our team is here. We'd love to talk with you. God bless you. Have a great day. And remember, seek the Lord and live. Have a good one. Thank you for worshiping with us today. We're so glad you joined us. If you prayed to receive Christ today, we'd love to hear from you. We want to help you as you begin this journey of faith in Jesus Christ. So send us an email to the address on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. Likewise, if you've never accepted God's free gift of salvation, the forgiveness of sins made possible by the death and resurrection of Jesus, but you'd like to know more, well, we're here to help you. So just reach out to us. We'd love to tell you more. Our mission at Thomas Road is to change our world by developing Christ followers who love God and love people. And if you'd like to help us fulfill that mission by giving to our ministry, then go to the link on your screen and make your contribution today. Help us help others with the life-changing truth of God's love.